Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today we want to answer the question, what is the gospel? Now we often hear the word gospel mentioned in the Bible, but what exactly is the gospel? Now the word gospel means good news. It is mentioned 98 times in the New Testament. So what is this good news? And Mark 1, 14 and 15 says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Matthew 4, 17 states, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we understand by these two verses, the gospel or good news is part of the kingdom of God, and repentance is part of the gospel. Now, why is it good news? Well, because we are now given the privilege to ask for and be forgiven of our sins. Acts 15.7 says the Gentiles by mouth, by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. We also see that along with repentance is believing. Believing in what? Well, believing we have a Savior born unto us, Christ the Lord. And that's in Luke 2.11. Now, this is the greatest and most valued aspect of the gospel because it means we can now receive eternal life. This is indeed good news. You know, Acts 20.24 states, the gospel of the grace of God. And Bill, here we see that the gospel is also the giving of God's grace. And we all need God's grace in order to be saved. Grace means unmerited favor. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace are you saved. That's right. Thank God for his grace. Yes. You know, and, I, think, I think the first time the word grace was used is with uh, Noah. It said Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And, of course, he was spared from the flood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a, good, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, and in uh, these next three verses, we see some additional things the gospel entails. Number one, in Matthew 4.23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And number two, Matthew 11.5 says, the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And that's also in Luke 7.22. Right. And the third verse is in Luke 4.18. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So we see that the blind eyes are open, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor receive the means to escape poverty, the instruction through the word, uh, the brokenhearted are healed, those that have been held captive by Satan are set free, and every sickness and disease can be healed. This is good news for every area of our life. The gospel brings freedom from every evil work if we will believe for it. You know, I want to share with you uh, a quick story about a healing I experienced. 
you know, and some of you know, I've shared this once before, that I had tore my knee up at the gym doing squats. I blew it out. It filled up with uh, liquid and uh, it was really painful. I went to the doctor and they said, well, you need to have surgery, orthoscopic surgery. So I ended up doing that. This is the first time I've ever had anything wrong with my body. First time I really had to go to the doctor for anything. But they did the surgery. Well, it didn't take. It still hurt. Now, the ballooning and the liquid was gone, but it still was in terrible pain. So I was on crutches for six months, and it was not getting better. And the doctor said, you know, some take and some don't. I guess you'll just have to live with it. And I thought, no, I am not going to live with this. And so... I was at my, at my um, uh, brother's house one night having dinner, and um, it was a Wednesday night. And the week before, I had just started going to this uh, church because the old church I was going to fell apart. I started going to this other church, and I only went one time. It was a Sunday morning. Now it's Wednesday. And I normally went to church Wednesday. But my knee was really hurting, and my brother and sister-in-law, they said, hey, why don't you just uh, stay here, and we'll make you a nice dinner, and and it was really tempting to do that. And it was a 45-minute drive to church. So, But I said, you know, I, gotta, I just got to go to church. I just felt really led to go. Now, it wasn't like a, a burden. I, I like going to church. But it was not easy that night because of you know, my knee hurting. But I went, got to church, and um, I sat in the back. Nobody knew me. I just had been there one time. There was about 500 people there. So sitting in the very back row... Um, and I knew to tithe, I was going to tithe that day. My check was $2,000 to tithe. And so I went to write it out, but I felt like the Lord said, no, make it 10,000. I thought 10, man, that's about all the money I got right now. And so, uh, but obedience, I wrote it out for 10,000. And then as they passed the bucket, I dropped it in. I prayed over it and dropped it in, gave it joyfully, you know, because that's how God wants to give. Well, during the service, the pastor's preaching, and all of a sudden he stops preaching, and he says, I've got to pray for somebody here. And he points to me in the very back row. I don't even know him. I've never met him. And he says, I've got to pray for your knee. And he comes off the stage, comes back, and he lays his hand on my left knee. That was the correct knee. Well, I didn't feel anything. But I went home that night, went to bed, got up the next morning. My knee was completely, totally healed, 100%. I had no pain whatsoever, and I went for a run. So, you know, but I want to bring out two verses. This is the point. You know, Deuteronomy 14, 22 and 23 says, Tie that you may learn to fear the Lord. So part of fearing the Lord is that we will, we will be obedient to paying our tithe. But Malachi 4, 2 says um, that uh, those that obey my name, the son of righteousness, those that fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. So it's tying healing with the tithe uh, with obedience. With the fear of the Lord. And with the fear of the Lord. So, you know, you can't buy a healing. But the point is, the scripture works if you obey it. You know, so I, I obeyed. I gave the tithe. I feared the Lord. I went and healing arose in my knee. You know, And, the, and I like your um, faith uh, being, in, you know, in action when you went for a run <laughs> right, <laughs> too, right afterwards, right. right? Right. But see, the scripture works. And that was a wonderful example of healing and God provides all this in the gospel. Part of the gospel. That's part of the gospel. And you know, Bill, these next verses point out some additional blessings of the gospel. Romans 10, 15 talks about the gospel of peace. You know, and peace is greatly needed in the midst of so much turmoil and uncertainty in our world today. And a life without true peace is a life full of strife, unrest, fear, confusion, and anxiety. 
And those attitudes and emotions will eventually break down our bodies or produce a mental breakdown and premature death. You know, we all need God's peace, and God has provided it in the gospel. That's right. It's not wonderful. Right. Also, the gospel is hope, Colossians 1.23. You know, we have the assurance of salvation and the hope of eternity in heaven. And in addition, we have hope in our everyday challenges. You know, many people are discouraged today and hopeless. But if we trust in Jesus Christ, he will never fail us. True hope only comes from the gospel through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, biblical hope is not wishful thinking. You know, hope has a solid expectancy filled with belief and joy, as Romans 15, 13 states, joy and hope in believing. Yes, that's another great promise with the gospel. You know, Bill, and, and the gospel is also power. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, 2 Timothy 1, 8. As Christians, God has given us authority over the devil in the name of Jesus. He has given us power in the preaching of the gospel, of preaching his word. Right. It is the power of the cross that convicts the unsaved heart. It's not dependent on our great abilities. A proof that there is power in the cross to convict us of sin is that many atheists have demanded and succeeded in having many public crosses removed across our nation. Now, why are they so bothered by it? They claim they do not believe in God, so why should this symbol bother them? That's right. I'm sure if there you know, was an atheist symbol, the Christian wouldn't be bothered if one is erected in a public place. Right. It would have no power and mean nothing to us. Right, exactly. But the cross, the gospel is power. And God's given us that also in our preaching. We don't have to depend on, on ourselves like it says. You know, the gospel is everlasting, Revelation 14, 6 says. And our salvation is everlasting. Psalms 1, 12, 6 says, The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Titus 1, 2, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. And one more verse, 1 John two twenty five says, And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. So the gospel, and the gospel also is our Lord Jesus Christ, as 2 Thessalonians 1.8 says. You know, Jesus came to die in our place, and that is extremely good news for us. Yes, it's, I, it's interesting too, Bill. In a lot of verses, it says the gospel is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, like Romans 1.9 and verse 16, Romans 15.16, 1 Peter 1.12, and 1 Thessalonians 2.8 9. You know, the gospel is the revelation of the Trinity and the third person, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to dwell inside of us. You know, we can't imagine that the God who created the universe would actually come and dwell inside of us. So our God isn't some distant being, but he lives in us. What an unfathomable blessing that is, right? right. That's exactly right. And also the gospel is truth. Galatians 2, 5, verse 14, Ephesians 1, 13, and Colossians 1, 5 states. That's right. You know, and we hear very little truth today. Constant lies are being fed to people through all forms of communication. Uh, in addition, truth is being censored and silenced. Today, people claim to have their own truth, but not the truth. You know, Winston Churchill said, Truth is so valued that it's protected by an army of lies. I like that statement. You know, God's word is the only truth. 
Psalms 119 states that God's commandments, his law, his word, and his judgments are all truth. You know, in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So he is that truth. God's word is the truth, and it never changes. Psalms 117.2 says, The truth of our Lord endures forever. That's great. So there is a lot that's encompassed in the gospel. That's right. You know, Jesus took every sin, pain, disease, suffering, lack, and bondage that life entails so that we would not have to. Why would anyone in their right mind reject such a complete provision of blessings and the only means to escape hell and enter heaven? That's right. You know, only because they are blinded and deceived by the wicked one, mm-hmm. right? And they push the truth away themselves. Right. They do that themselves too. But the wicked one also blinds them and deceives them. You know, Revelation twelve nine says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So notice that he deceived the whole world. Yet so many think they are the enlightened ones. You know, but Romans one twenty two says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's so true and sad. You know, but Jesus also said that the gospel is also to help the poor. You know, and this includes people being poor in spirit, poor in having provision, poor in having peace or health or joy. You know, in addition, the Word of God will teach us to prosper in every area when we obey it. I like this verse in Isaiah 48, 17. It says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. That's right. God wants us to prosper in every area of life. Exactly, including our finances so that we can be a blessing to others. Right. And get the gospel out there. You know, it takes money. That's right. That reminds me, I just want to share this, you know, and this is to do with God's faithfulness in financially providing for those who tithe. You know, I have only been in a commission job since the age of 21. And in all these years, I have never gone without, and I have never even been late on one bill. Now to never have been late or have any late notices in over 50 years without having a steady paycheck of any kind is truly a miracle. Now, I have always tithed in obedience to the Scripture. You know, God's part is to fulfill what He promised in Malachi 3.10. It says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit, the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, God has done that for, uh, for me and for us now all these years. We've never been late. God's always provided, even in difficult markets. You know, I've been in real estate, and just depending on a commission check, God has always provided. He is so faithful to keep his word. He is. He is very faithful, you know, and and God can bring the money from anywhere. Very, you know, many times, like when you you are in a tough spot, he'll bring it from unexpected places and sources, right? Right. And and tithing is in the Bible in the New Testament, too. That's a whole nother topic. We don't need to to go into that. But it is really important to tithe if you want the devour rebuked. Yes. And And that could be a lot of areas. That's a lot of areas, right? right? That's not just finances. Right. You know, and he said to prove his word or to test his word 
in the area of tithing. I think that's the only area that God says, prove me or test me. That's right. Right. You know, and like you said, Bill, God has supernaturally provided for us, and we are so grateful. We are filled with thanksgiving and gratefulness to him. Absolutely. Every single day. He's so good. You know, and this is just, it's just something to point out. This is also part of the gospel. You know, but one more verse to look at is in the Old Testament. Jesus read this verse in Luke 4.18, of course, and it says in Isaiah 61.1, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Right. Now, Jesus quoted this, like you said, in Luke 4.18, but he left out the last line. So there are those who will say that the vengeance is not part of the gospel. However, it wasn't quoted because vengeance wasn't for that time. It's for the tribulation and the judgment day. But that doesn't mean it's not part of the gospel. Look at 2 Thessalonians 1, 8, 9. It says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, you know, it says those who uh, obey not the gospel shall be punished. So again, that's part of it. But the uh, go ahead and you read this rest. Read. Yeah, I just wanted to point out too that the day of vengeance then is also good news because there is a satisfaction in seeing justice on the wicked. You know, so many today have been committing such horrible acts and so much evil against the children. That's right. You know, and that and we really do want to see justice finally, and these things stopped. And Zephaniah 1, 14 and 15 says that great day of the Lord is near. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. The day... That day. Oh, that day is a day of wrath, trouble, distress, wasteness, and desolation. That's now, right. this does not mean it's pleasurable for God, but it satisfies justice. Right. And That's Ezekiel thirty three eleven says, uh, God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That's right. But justice and judgment is satisfactory. You know, and God we are to supposed that. to rejoice when we see his judgments. Right. Now, Revelation 14, 7 says, fear God and give him glory, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him. This is telling us to give glory to God for his judgment. So, you know, and I just want to read this. This is in the book, Hell on Trial, page 111. Martin Luther said, Since God is a just judge, we must love and laud his justice and thus rejoice in God, even when he miserably destroys the wicked in body and soul. For in all this, his high and inexpressible justice shines forth. Therefore, even as his mercy so his justice or judgment must be loved, praised, and glorified above all things. And re- I, I think that was important for people to understand. Yes. You know, we love God's compassion and love, but also we are to love his justice and judgment. He's a just God, and, and you know, justice will be done. Yes, you know? there's something in, I think it's Isaiah 26, that talks about when his judgments are in the earth, right? Then the inhabitants, they finally are understand. Right. His they ju- understand justice or, you know, right. And, and they repent. Usually. Yeah. And that's true. It, another thing that it brings is a fear of God. Right. And repenting of our sins and receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is the most important aspect of the gospel. That's right. 
And if you have not turned from your sin and put your trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, you can do that right now by asking him to forgive you. And I just encourage you to take a few minutes and do that now. Do that today. This is a decision you don't want to put off because you don't know when you will take your last breath. That's so true. So go and share this good news so others can avoid an eternal hell, enjoy God's goodness, and spend eternity in heaven. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.